good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. Hello, hello. (laughs) All right, check it out, y'all. This is MCM, and you're listening to your Probably Right podcast, where I try to give you the news on many things happening around the world. Actually, you know I don't, and I just talk nonsense at the beginning of these podcasts, because, because, wait, podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) podcasts or I should have said episodes that would have sounded even better (laughs) anyhow anyway as usual I do not profess to be a professor of anything I am only giving my point of view in most cases unless unless I am quoting the scriptures which I do from time to time so, hopefully you'll have fun listening to me, as you have many other times. I know that sometimes my podcasts are a little bit here and there and everywhere, and then sometimes they're very concentrated and very uh, specific. So I'm just wrapping up um, Scars from Life, Tough Questions. Uh, this is part three, um, the last one of this, and then I'm going to get on to something a little more interesting, <laughs> which may have a couple parts as usual. I mean, as usual, as well, because I generally don't go into all of the <laughs> parts that I probably should when it comes to my podcast, because I th- it's like I get tired of certain topics, so I don't just continue. So as I said before in my last uh, episode, there's a lot of part ones. And then the part twos generally don't see the light of day. But I'm just going to finish this one off. I only had 10 questions and I'm doing it short. So here we go. Here's a question. The question is, how do you currently view... Oh, sorry for that. How do you currently view your actions regarding cheating on your wife? And how I currently view it. I mean, I've answered it kind of with the other people that ask questions. But um, it was despicable. It was disgusting. It didn't show my contentment, which is how I should have uh, viewed it in the first place. Um, maybe things um, were not right. Maybe I wasn't totally happy. Um, Maybe I wasn't totally satisfied in uh, my situation. But at the same time, the maturity level to realize that nothing stays the same. So advice, if I was going to give advice, even though the person's not asking for advice. 
<laughs> they're asking for my views on my actions. Um, they're simply despicable. But I got, that what I did didn't make any sense. Um, I was lured away by wanton um, behaviors of sinful lust within me and also a wanton person who would um, drag me out of my situation for whatever reasons, you know, or whatever excuses. Um, so what I would say is I was going to give some little advice, which I don't really try to give advice. I just look at my life. I, I put it out here on a plate and um, you can pick off whatever pieces of uh, my life that taste good. <laughs> um, life's like that box of chocolates, I guess. And mine's chopped it up and I'm chopped up. <laughs> some have nuts and some have caramel and some have cherry. You pick your, your flavor. So, but I will say, the one thing I can honestly tell you, for those of you who are going through tough times in your marriage, especially your Christian marriage, understand that, and even you who are going through an amazing time, your marriage will ebb and flow. Your, your, married, your marriage will have highs and lows. Now, some highs will be higher than other highs, and some lows will be lower than other lows. But when you entered into that marriage, it is a covenant. It is till death do you part, not until I find a better partner do we part. <laughs> and um, I think my lustful desires from the type of person that I was, um, they never, those, that part of me, was never fully conquered that part of me was never put under submission and sadly when the the opportunities presented themselves for me to be different to talk different to behave different i just went along with whatever the flavor of the day was instead of standing on who i was in christ and therefore all of the problems that came out of those situations just happened that way for me because I wasn't standing on the word of God. Not standing on the word of social justice and acting like a victim and acting like things need to be different or acting like I believe that my wife wasn't behaving how she was towards me so therefore I had an excuse to do what thou wilt <laughs> or do what I felt. And Judging what you're going to do by your feelings is probably the worst thing, or at least for me, and I think for a lot of people, but I'm just going to say for me, the worst thing I can do is move off of emotion and move off of sinful lusts because right then you've already lost. Have I sought forgiveness <clears throat> and reconciliation with her? And if not, why? Oh, 100%. I, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I, um, I thought I, I sought reconciliation. And reconciliation actually did happen for um, a few years. <laughs> um, 
but the situation was always strained for a while at the beginning it was always like almost the the flavor of the day it was something that needed to be talked out questions were were asked numerous times i probably answered certain questions over 50 times and i don't know sometimes i felt like she was waiting for a different answer or she just felt like the truth didn't come out or whatever the case was but a hundred percent i i sought reconciliation i prayed for reconciliation honestly um and my heart stays there with her i'm honestly not looking for a new relationship a new wife <laughs> i don't want to get through all go through all that knowing and learning someone new so in that situation or the way it is i would say i'm stuck i'm stuck there and i don't know what the future holds but the good thing is i am a child of the almighty god the lord jesus died for my sins i believe that i am set apart as one of the almighty god's own so I believe that all things work together for good to those who love God and called according to his purpose. And I probably didn't quote that properly, but the bottom line is it doesn't matter what life brings my way. It's for my betterment. And can I complain or can I argue or make my face up about, you know, why is this for me and this person over here is prospering or, or why is this? thing not happening the way that I think it should be or want it to be happening when I want it to be happening because other people are prospering in their ways and stuff like that and I'm saying who knows who I would be if everything was the way that I thought it should be I mean I believe as a Christian God is looking out for you I believe that blessings are going to come out of bad times I believe that blessings can come out of blessings as well. But I don't believe it is the time for you just to throw in the towel because you don't feel a connection or you don't feel that the other person loves you the way that they should or you don't feel that you're getting what you deserve or whatever the feeling is. I just don't believe that we're supposed to dictate our lives in that way. So getting back to the question, you know, forgiveness a hundred percent. I, I, a hundred percent apologetic. Sometimes I was, because questions were asked so many times, I was like, man, I'm just not putting the words together for um, her to understand how sorry I was. But it wasn't that. Is when you you sin against a person in that way, it just damages so much in the person that they second guess you first of all, and they second guess themselves, and they second guess their judgment of. Um, being with you in the first place because why didn't they see it and then anything you say I mean if you're going to be deceptive in the most um, horrible way that you can possibly be deceptive in a partnership in a marriage then of course everything you say will and can and will be held against you before and after the fact and it's so damaging to families marriages kids and to the sinner as well it's like you feel like you just can't trust yourself. You feel like the lowest of the low 
I mean, at least I did. It just feels like something that you just like you can't come back from. You know what I mean? Like you can come back from it in a sense, but everything is different. And many people can probably attest to it and say, yes, everything was different afterwards. Um, there was no trust. Trust had to be dealt, developed back. And um, maybe the person you're with um, struggles with whatever. <laughs> many things that you had no clue would be a struggle afterwards. But um, yes, forgiveness and reconciliation, as I said, I prayed for it. I prayed for restoration. I, asked, I actually prayed for forgiveness, restoration, and reconciliation. So that's a good question. How have you been addressing the root cause of your actions, such as past trauma and struggles with sin? <clears throat> so I think I said this in one of the other parts. Um, talking, for sure. Um, not hiding my sin from people. If somebody asks me where I went wrong, I straight up say it. I don't try to hide myself. See, one thing that I was used to growing up was to hide your shame. And it's not now that it's not embarrassing or I don't feel shame for what I did. But I put it out there almost to say, you know, when you look at, at Jesus on the cross, as the story has been told and as it's been read in the Bible, you know, they put Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, on um, above his head. You know, it said it. And it, it's out there. <laughs> now, it was only seen by those who were there. And it says it in the scriptures. So everybody knows. It can't be hidden. And I would rather my stuff, not that I'm shouting it from the mountaintops is something to be um, praiseworthy, but almost like, by the way, I cheated and I need to earn your trust. And this is what I did. And as much as, as much much as it it sickens me to my stomach i would rather have my wrongs just out there i mean david's is out there saul's is out there solomon's is out there the embarrassment of of um you know peter being told by jesus um, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> when Jesus told him what was going to happen, and he said, never, it could happen to you, God forbid. And and he was basically shamed and, and called the devil. <laughs> um, reading about David, and you, you feel so excited about David. David is um, a shepherd, and, you know, he's been chosen <laughs> by God himself to be the king over God's people. He's there as a king, and he looks over and he sees Bathsheba, who brought him in, in, out at that exact time. Possibly the devil. <laughs> Maybe he was always out there, and she planned to be out there at that time. Why was she bathing outside for everyone in the world to see? There, like, there's so many things on, if you want to look on that side. But the bottom line is, he was drawn away by his own lusts. 
he could have said, you know what? Tell those people to make sure that uh, your wife is covered properly or whatever the case is. But no, he was drawn away. And then he sent the woman's uh, husband into battle so he could get killed. So, so David could legally take it, you know, control of, of her situation when he had no business there. So when I look at it, for me, I say, yes, I'll put my stuff out there, nail it above my head, maybe tattoo it on my forehead <laughs> about where I went wrong. And uh, almost like, because I don't have a lot of friends walking around day to day, I don't meet up with a lot of people, I don't talk to a lot of people, I'd rather keep my issues out front to therefore hold me accountable to my own words, if you understand. I mean, I could hide it. You could, you know what I mean? Like back in the day, what people would do, they'd be in a family and you'd find out that the same dude had a family two blocks over, but because there was no internet, <laughs> no uh, cell phones with picture and video displays, and you could just move two streets over and nobody would know and you could live your whole life or into the next city. Now there's no place that you could possibly go on earth without somebody being able to tweet something or to send it in three seconds to countries far, far away. So there are ways of hiding and I'm just choosing not to be that way. So I try to keep it wide open for anyone to have an opinion. And I mean, often times the opinion is going to be horrible, but I mean, it's like I earned it. So, the root causes were early, I, I don't even know, I, I can't even say the root cause, the root cause is really just sin, and we have certain propensities to do certain sins as sinful people, I mean, your thing might be you need to drink alcohol and get drunk, or yours might be your, you get addicted to different types of substances, or maybe you're a person who likes to lie all the time for no reason, or maybe you lie for every reason. <laughs> um, there's just so many different sins. Maybe you, you covet what, every what other people have and you want their stuff and you despise what you have or whatever the case is. The point is we have all kinds of stuff that are at the root cause of most of our sins and they're in us. It's in us. And that's why we need a savior that, you know, all of those sins were nailed to the cross. But it's, you know, it's confessing your heart, the Lord Jesus. It's believing what he did on the cross for our sins to salvation, the free gift he gives us. It's living like we have a savior. We live like we have been forgiven. We live like we're going to live with Jesus in eternity. And it's just a, a whole different life. It's a regenerate life out of our degenerative <laughs> or degenerate life. It's being born again. It's being washed in the blood of the lamb. And therefore, when I look at those past traumas or those past struggles with sin, I am looking at those things with my eyes wide open and I blame no one else but me and the sin that is within my mortal body 
And I'm trying to move on from doing those things and falling into those things by the grace of God. It's almost like <clears throat> some people have a sweet tooth. Some people don't. And maybe you know that you shouldn't eat jujubes jube every day, but you do. And then one day you're given new information about what those jujubes jube are doing to your body. You come to the understanding of what it is. And you've come to the understanding that it's like a trap laid out for you. So you do what you can do now to avoid those situations, to abstain from it. And although your body may even lust for that candy, you realize that you need to resist the temptation and you need to go in the other directions. So that's how I look at it. But the difference is I also don't put myself in a place. I'm not going to throw myself in the middle of the candy store. I won't go to a club. I won't... Um, go on internet looking for dates or like I, I'm like I'm not trying to live that life and even at work you know you, where people see you all the time it's like you, you try to stay out of the mix you let them know yes I sinned in that way and I'm a Christian you, you, you don't go into uh, a workplace and not state who you are which you know what I mean like you may say something that would say oh I thought you said you're a Christian but then great at least there's some accountability. Don't go to places and hide. Don't think, oh, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to bring shame to the family of God. No. Let someone hold you accountable to the words you say. And if you're a Christian, yeah, say you're a Christian. So then, yes, when you step out of line, somebody will pull you up. I mean, you're going to get pulled up even if you don't step out of line. But, yeah, if you're having issues in certain ways, I say let it be known. Now, I understand people may come against you and try you in certain ways to test it just so they can call you on it, but you can't live that life. You just live. Live your life. Live how God has set forth the, the playing field in front of you and do it. Do it to the best of your ability. Ask for God to strengthen your weak bones. You know that sometimes the things that you want to do, you don't do, and the things that you do want to do you're not doing it like Paul but fight the fight of faith believe that God is the God of those who diligently seek him realize that everything you need is in his scriptures there's no magical potion. There's no magical guru. No magical podcast or TED talk that's going to move you out of your wrongdoings and into a better place. And I mean, it can happen from day to day, but maybe not from month to month or year to year or from relationship to relationship or bad situation to bad situation. But if you get yourself rooted and grounded in the word of God, the Bible, your life will be changed as a Christian. And you have to walk in that newness of life. You have to make it a part of your life. How do you prioritize the needs and well-being of your children in your life? 
Well, my children are important for me. I mean, I think everybody's child children should be important to them. Um, I realize as a parent, because a lot of my time I was single or been, have been a single parent, so I felt myself trying to play mother and father a lot. Um, I've also, I would say, been guilty of sheltering uh, my kids from certain things and not letting them experience things properly. <laughs> you know, it's funny, you know, as a parent, and I'm sure some people figured this out right from the get-go or maybe from their how they were brought up, but um, you don't have to throw a pillow. You don't like, okay, hopefully you understand this. I'm going to just be straight up with it, but um, you don't have to walk around with a pillow in your hand with your kid as if they were a toddler for the rest of their life and as they trip frisbee the pillow underneath them before they land on the ground sometimes you need to let them get a few bumps and bruises you can't open every door for them some doors are just going to have to open for themselves and feel the breeze come outside so that when the next time if they go outside they'll say hmm i probably need to put my hat and my scarf on and both of my gloves or maybe I need to forget about fashion and wear a pair of ugly big boots rather than a pair of Nikes because the snow is two feet high. Do you understand? Like some things, like that was me. I was like, don't do this because this will happen and this can be there. Don't do that because this, because this, because this, because this. And it's like, I was just constantly just jumping and just putting out fires all around their lives, putting out fires all around their lives. And then I realized, you know what? I'm doing them a disservice because I haven't taught them how to put the fires out themselves. So that would, I would say that was my greatest downfall as a parent, I realized. I mean, I thought I was being a good parent and you might hear my kids say that they, you know, they value this or that that I did, but I realized, and I'm sure they've realized if I haven't right now, <laughs> right now they're going to, is that I should have let them get out there a little bit more instead of trying to protect them from every mosquito bite Maybe I should have allowed the mosquito to bite them here and there just so they would have a sense to um, protect themselves. You know what I mean? I don't know if that has anything to do with being a helicopter mom or dad or whatever, but I, I just, there's, there's more opportunities that I should have pushed them forward. Kind of like how, not in the same way, <laughs> but how a, a mother bird apparently pushes their, their um, chicks out of the nest and it's, it's either fly or fall. Obviously, maybe not as harsh as that, but in certain instances, yeah, I think I could have done that a lot more. So, but prioritize, they're right up there with most of the most important priorities in my life. Thinking of one today. Um... <clears throat> I have cut a lot of people's hair in my family. So both my boys, for sure, my daughter, I've um, dealt, her, dealt with her hair many, many, many times. Um, sometimes out of my <laughs> wheelhouse and out of my strength or skill, but I still did it because I had no other alternative. And um, most fathers who can tell you who can't braid hair. Now, I'm a father who cannot braid hair. If you can braid hair as a father as a, of a black child and uh, with hair that is is relatively common <laughs> in the black in the black uh, community 
if you can braid hair, then man, more power to you. And your hair, your daughter's hair must look wonderful. But for a guy who can't, um, sometimes I had to cut. Sometimes I had to do this, that, and the other, trying to get her hair to uh, look presentable. In many cases, I probably failed. And it wasn't easy. But for instance, today, my youngest, I was cutting his hair. And before I could even get to his hair, he's complaining. He's saying, do, I, do, do you have to cut my hair today? And at that point, I wasn't even thinking about it. But I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, and I'm like, you know, well, maybe maybe I need to let you go to a barbershop and have the barbershop experience. Maybe you sit there and get pampered by somebody you don't know after waiting for two and a half hours for your turn at the barbershop, you know, or maybe you're going to deal with like, you'd rather deal with a stranger. Like, you know, sometimes I, I was saying that to him. And the funny thing is he, I don't know if he really learned it today, but I said, your hair, like we're growing your hair right now. It's not going to take me long to fade your hair. The haircut probably took 13 minutes. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, what are you complaining about? I mean, you've been trying to save your money. Maybe what we need to do for now on is every two weeks, instead of every week, you can you can keep the natural weird looking fro because it hasn't been touched up for two weeks. And then you can pull out of your savings $30 to go to um, a lower end barber and get your hair cut after sitting and waiting for two hours or um, maybe even longer and listen to the barbershop talk all day and then spend your whole Saturday getting a haircut. And then maybe you'll more appreciate what your dad does for you. <laughs> and not really sure if he understood. Well, I'm sure he understood, but I don't know how much of it he really took in. But sometimes I think we need to allow some of these lessons for our kids, for them to really get it. Because as a kid growing up, you know, even though I had both of my parents, I grew up in a Christian home um, with siblings and um I think sometimes we, we think about it. I mean, my parents couldn't always get my hair done on time or maybe it just wasn't always a priority for them. Like I looked fine with a oddly shaped natural back in the 80s and it wasn't a big deal. It looked horrible to me and that's why I started cutting my hair when I was 13. But there you go. That was like, that was consequence. There was life and there was, you know, is either I'm going to wait for two weeks or three weeks to get my hair cut or I'm going to learn how to cut my hair. And that's exactly what I did. So I'm hoping that that kind of thing will happen for my youngest and my oldest has kind of figured that situation out and he now knows how to um, cut hair. I gave him a couple shavers and he's been handling his own hair now for years and it's great. Now if, if, if I cut his hair, it's more of a novelty than anything or just for jokes, but he can do it himself, which is great. <laughs> but I can't say that that's worked in every situation in his life, but I, as a parent, do realize my shortcomings and my mistakes. And I'm trying to be a better parent. In what ways do you strive to model healthy relationship and love for your children and those around you? Well, I try to be who I need to be for my kids but also i'm living for jesus <laughs> i'm living as a christian a follower and i make it very apparent what i'm doing so i'm not hiding anything i'm doing my best not to hide any of my sins 
And if there is a shortcoming that needs to be dealt with or talk about, talked about, then I will gladly talk about it and keep it wide open for anybody who likes, who wants to talk about it or call me or take me to task on something just so that it's out in the open. Whereas I more grew up in a time when um, everything was hidden. There are so many things that I honestly, if my father was alive today, I'd probably ask him because there's many little stories that I heard bits and pieces or starts of that I never really got the full story. Like there was so much knowledge and understanding lost for whatever reason. Now, I may just say I wanted to know and it might help me out to know the history a little bit better. As well as there were sometimes stories were being told and I didn't ask the right questions. So my father was the kind of guy who he would tell you a story. And maybe if you didn't ask the right questions and you were just trying to find out facts, then it's like he would curl up back into his shell. Whereas if you asked questions the right way for the right reasons and he gleaned, I think then he would have been more open. But me, it was like, huh, what happened then? And what happened there? And why was this? And you know what I mean? And so I tried to, because of the fact, and, and maybe un unfortunately, because my father was so closed off in those storytelling ways, um, except when he really felt like doing it, maybe I've been too open. So I'm trying to find balance between what my father would have been for me and also between me just saying everything because some things that your kids don't really need to know, to be honest with you, unless they're asking because they're going through it. But um, you don't need to be that much of an open book, I believe as well. But you do need to be honest and you need to, you need to be able to give reasoning for what you're doing or what you've done or what you plan to do so that they're becomes learning there. What role, <clears throat> let's see, hold on. Okay, hold on, let me go back. So as far as developing or modeling healthy relationships, well, you know, I, I do the simple things day by day. And I try to tell all my kids I love them from day to day, maybe not every day, but regularly, I try to point that out to them. If I am reprimanding them for something, I try to let them know that I'm leading with love and it's not just to make them feel bad about themselves. Um, uh, you know, I tried to show them love. I try to show them understanding. Um, they don't see too many people around me. So that's why I'm saying I like developing or modeling healthy relationships. Um, whenever I get the opportunity to be nice, or to be uh, loving or caring or helpful to my ex, I do that. And I explain to my kids, no, just because I'm not together with your mom, it doesn't mean I hate your mom and therefore wouldn't do, I told, I tell them I would do anything for your mom and let them know that it's okay to be that way. It's not your enemies now. So different little things. Um, they don't have that much opportunity because I don't just bring random people around my kids and I'm not in a relationship. So they don't get to see me model healthy, loving um, husband and wife type relationships in front, except for what they've seen with my, um, my ex, which I, I think I displayed that. Well, I hope I did. <laughs> and if I didn't, I guess they'll be able to tell me. Now, if you're listening to this years later, kids, hopefully dad showed you <laughs> or hopefully you can see something in his life where um, I tried.
but definitely was not perfect. Okay, how do you approach the concept of love languages and balancing the needs of others with your own needs in relationship? Well, again, haven't had much practice of late, but um, I realized that if I am content with where God has me, that even if there are these so-called love languages and they are really a thing, I believe if you open that 66 books of the Bible, it will teach you how to behave and how to fill someone's bucket, um, minister to someone to their needs. And I believe doing so, being honest, communicating your needs or your desires to your spouse that it may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, it might happen next week, but may not happen for the next five weeks after that, or five months after that, or three years after that. But I believe as you try to develop a loving relationship with your spouse, that I believe it's possible that God can soften their heart or that they will learn how to love you properly. What role does your faith play in guiding your actions and decisions? (laughs) The main role. I realize that I can't always trust my mind. I can't always trust my heart and my feelings. Not my heart, but my like how I feel about things. But I know that I can always trust the word of God. So that's exactly how my faith or yeah, how my faith is guiding my actions. I believe that thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's horse or oxen or maidservant. Or, like, I believe that I shouldn't lie. I shouldn't kill. I shouldn't steal. I shouldn't have another God um, before me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so how it does, it's, it's, it's everything. My faith in God is everything to me. And it should go into the different parts of my life. There shouldn't be any part of my life that is separate away from my faith. My faith is who I am. Before I am a man, I'm a Christian. Before I'm a black man, I'm a Christian. Before I'm a Canadian, I'm a Christian. Before I'm a Jamaican, I'm a Christian. Before I'm a son, I'm a Christian. Before I'm a father, I'm a Christian. Before anything, whatever I do, I'm a Christian. And that's why I say that this podcast isn't a Christian podcast, but it is a podcast by a Christian. And that's simple. (laughs) All right. How do you see yourself? Wait, how do you see your past experiences and struggles shaping your current path in life? Well, past experiences, you know, education could have been better. The desire for education could have been better, you know, but there's various things that would have, you know, I, I was soured on the college experience after my college experience and after trying to get in university and, and that kind of um, being messed up by, you know, maybe the college not sending my transcript, maybe me not being um, proactive enough to make sure that that was happening and not just trusting that it was going to happen magically by itself. Maybe there's stuff that I could have done um decisions i i've made um 
investments that I could have made in different ways. Maybe I should have continued properly getting education throughout life, maybe getting too comfortable. There's so many ways that I believe that I could have been different, but I also realize that these are learning opportunities and I can, and these are teachable moments for myself and for those who I speak to. What steps are you taking to continue growing and improving as a person and follower of Christ? Well, I try to every day listen to a teaching of the Word of God. I try to read the Bible every day. I wasn't for a while. I thought that enough would be, you know, I could listen to an R.C. Sproul, a John MacArthur, or maybe a Vodi um, Bokum, or um, maybe some of the other ministers that I listen to. But I also realized that I need to read the Word of God for myself, for it to permeate my soul so that I can get the understanding that God has for me out of it. Because even somebody teaching or expounding on the Word of God, they tend to still go into, you know, what makes them tick in a sense, most, like maybe not seriously, but at some level. But I believe um, reading the Word of God and me being able to know me and living in my own shoes, that there are certain ways that um, reading the scriptures can um, really um, minister to my life the way it is. But hearing it right from the word of God without a middleman, if you understand what I mean. Although those middlemen have really helped me out a lot. Anyhow, I thought this was going to be shorter. I thought I could answer 10 questions uh, quicker than 40 minutes, but apparently I can't. Um, hopefully this has been um, a lesson for everyone listening. <laughs> um, I would like to say that this is, you're probably right, I am your host, MCM. You're welcome at my house anytime. Again, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only, or should I say learning lessons? Oh, I don't know how to put it, but the bottom line is, thanks for coming out. Remember, read your Bible for yourself. Go to a Bible-believing church that expounds the Word of God, not one that pulls on your heartstrings with your emotions and lulls you into a trance with music, but that is teaching you the Word of God. One that will renew your mind, help renew your mind day by day. One that goes from scripture to scripture, expository preaching. Okay, that's the kind of place you need to be in if you want to learn more. As far as my life situation, Hey, as I said before, this podcast is, is I would say, therapy for myself even. So there's probably certain things I shouldn't have said or certain things I shouldn't have really gone into. But, you know, it's funny. As I lose more people in this world, I realize I don't have much to hide. And I believe, again, if I hide less, then I'll have less to hide from. That makes any sense. Anyhow, this was Scars from Life, Tough Questions, Part 3. Thanks for coming out. Peace out. Sam CM.
hey, come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh oh, yeah, God, self help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not so tough questions and all the while understand that listen sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat well that's how it is here and because there's no topic well very few topics off the table Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there <laughs> hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting and hey maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere hope to see you soon